Yeah. All right. All right. So we are recording. Woo! Recording. Woohoo! Okay, so I'm just going to start, and we can continue talking about Helen Reddy. <laughs> we don't have to. <laughs> but, but uh, okay, okay. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Michael and I are very casual about this. I see. I see. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been painting uh, something in the kitchen. I have a big. Uh, I have a big canvas up because I have to cover a giant window that looks into a, a closet. Uh-huh. So I, I built this giant canvas that's like 50-something inches by 40-something inches. It just goes right over the window. And so I was like, <laughs> what am I going to put on there? So I've been painting this cor- sort of abstract rug design, and it's taking a long time. So I put on... Um, terror and tacos uh-huh. and i listen to if it's something i haven't seen i i abandon ship about two-thirds in but i want to hear the, the the lead up you know i don't want to hear the i don't want to hear the twist the spoilers the spoilers yeah, yeah. but yeah, i mean also sometimes spoilers are pretty apparent from first 10 minutes of from the movie first 10 yeah. minutes, it's true welcome are back we- everybody oh. yeah welcome back <laughs> This is Terror and Tacos. I'm Christy, and Michael's drinking. Michael. Michael's drinking Coke. I'm drinking my Coke, <laughs> like always. And we've been away for a few weeks because, you know, I think Michael and I are are I don't know. We have ESPN or something, <laughs> but we always kind of like hang back when we both know that we're not in the mood to record because the world is a dumpster fire. <laughs> um, <laughs> But this this episode, we have a really, really special guest, and this guest really is super special. He's such a good friend of mine, hmm. and we go way back, and uh, Patrick Johnson Hello. Is, uh, lives in New York. He is a costume designer. He is a musician, a composer. He's a performance artist. He's a DJ. Uh, and he does a lot of stuff. He does a records. lot of stuff. Yeah, he has so many records. The he hell of a vinyl collection. Like <laughs> an incredible vinyl connect collection. And so he's in New York City. And he also is a huge ham fan of ham. Well. It's true. <laughs> um, of, of horror movies, just like Michael and I are. And uh, he was telling me that he started listening to the podcast and I said, Hey, you should, you should guest on the podcast because you know, we like to get real here on the show (laughs) and we wanted to hear about, you know, ground zero um, and what you've been doing to get by. But before we get to that, um, Michael, have you eaten tacos? I have. What I have. I I uh, I went to, I picked up tacos a couple times from uh, La Pasadita uh, which is that little place right around the corner. That place is becoming your favorite. Yeah. It's also like a minute and a half away. So, okay. um, but it's That's important. The tacos and then Aspen gets the pupusas and they're, they're just mm. delicious. They're and absolutely delicious. It's so. a mom and pop place, right? Yeah. And then, and I feel like they, you know, they seem to be doing okay, but like shit, man. If I'm going to try to support, if I'm actually going to leave my fucking house and pick up food, I would rather do it from like there than someplace that doesn't need my money, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And they're awesome. So, yeah. I've been supporting mom and pop tacos and uh, it's specifically this mom. (laughs) (laughs) 
I actually had tacos this morning. I made, I made just like a, you know, I love the term breakfast taco, but it's just a taco. Um, but you know, I just kind of put some like turkey little smokies and some egg and yeah. threw it in a in a flour tortilla and with some cholula. And that's that's an incredible thing. I mean, those are the kind of tacos I grew up on. I so. also had a breakfast taco this morning of yeah. my own in, of invention. Nice. Uh-huh. Uh, which I do a lot here because yeah. uh, you would you would you would think perhaps we couldn't get tacos here. That is not true. We can't get Tex-Mex, but we have amazing, amazing, all the countries of South America and Central America, they're all here. They're all represented here. Not necessarily in my new, I mean, I've lived in Astoria now uh, a year and a half. It's all Greek people. But in Williamsburg, where we lived, just on the outskirts of Bushwick, um, you crossed Grand Avenue and it was Salvadoran, Ecuadorian, Colombian, uh, Central Mexican, uh, mm-hmm. you could get, you know, pupusas, you could get so many things, uh, alcapurias, all the little fried, oh, uh, yes. fritas. um, yeah, it, great, great food. But out here we have a place called, um, La Fresca and they do pretty good. I mean, it, it it's better than, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh-huh. it's not amazing, but it's like they, uh, uh, you know, they they grill their chicken breast, they grill their skirt steak, they put it in a, the the tortillas are homemade there, and the salsas are good. I mean, it's fine. Yeah, run by Asian people, which is the secret of uh, of uh, Latin food in um, New York. Really, because usually usually has here, an Asian Asian kitchen. The Asian places here in texas have have mexican kitchens yeah it's funny how it works it's funny how it works but you know there are a lot of uh i've talked about this before there are a lot of asian mexicans sure people are like uh that is so weird to me what do you mean asian mexican and i'm like no no there's actually all kinds of mexicans right from, from all over the world and they are mexican because mexican is actually a nationality yeah, um, I, watched, I was watching Taco Chronicles on uh-huh. uh, Netflix, which is basically highlights different regions of Mexico mm. and the tacos that are popular there. And in one place, it's run by uh, a Mexican woman who had moved to England a long time ago, married an English dude, brought him back. And so it's like yeah. her and this full on just Brit who speak Spanish with a British accent, which is awesome. And um, yeah, they're just like, it's like people move places, y'all. I don't know what. (laughs) Well, Will and I, Will and I have been discussing, you know, a possible grab a bag and flee into the night scenario. Yes. Uh, We're not, we're not uh, uh, ideating, but we're ideating a little. And um, he's Panamanian and still a, a citizen of, and so I believe, so um, he was like, well, you know, we could always go to Panama. And I was like, in my head, it was like, you know, huts and burrows because I'm that way. And you wanted real talk. I just, I am putting <laughs> no, my you, privilege out there. I'm absolutely. not happy about it. You are a white boy from McAllen, Texas. Yeah. I know who you are. And yet, you know, the thing is, is because I'm from a border town and literally saw the wall last time I was home in January, Dang. Uh, went down and shot the rod at it. Um, I get the culture. 
I am more comfortable in the uh-huh. culture, you know? And so I was like, well, great. But all I also know is uh, South Texas as well. And then, you know, when we would travel in, in Mexico with my stepfather. So he was like, well, let me show you a picture. And of course, it's like a gigantic skyscraper city. Of course. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and he was like, yeah, there's a lot of things about Panama I think that you'd be surprised about. And he goes, you know, a lot of trade goes through there. So a lot of uh, languages spoken. Plus, Lots of Asian people, lots of Japanese mm-hmm. people live there. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and he, you know, it's just like you were saying, people move, people, live. there are Mexican, Chinese, there were, you know, whatever. He said, there's a lot down there. And then it got really interesting to me. Yeah. You know? Well, I don't know if you know this, but Will ha- and I have been texting about this. <laughs> yes, he told me. I was yeah. like, Could, please take me with you. Where because do we go? <laughs> John and I have been, we have been ideating mm-hmm. along with Mike and Aspen. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, my heart goes to Spain. I want France, but I get it. Yeah. yeah my heart goes to Spain. <laughs> they won't have us. <laughs> they, they won't have. But like, you can actually live very affordably in Spain. Yeah. Very affordably. And, but also, you know, we talk about Ireland and Scotland and this thing came up the other day on, I followed this thing on Instagram called your cheap dream home. And so mm-hmm. does Aspen. And oh, yeah. Aspen and I are constantly exchanging right. posts. We, you know, and there was like a, a pub, an Irish pub for sale. Right. It was like it, a pub straight up with a house on the second floor. And I yeah. say house because it's four bedrooms, two bathrooms. Right. Yeah. That's, 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 like that's not an apartment. That's like a <laughs> right. fucking house. Yeah. And I was like, we could, we could live there. 34,000 American dollars. Let's buy the place. <laughs> we'll bring right. tacos to Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Well, Will, Will asked me, he was, because I said, <clears throat> honey, I would, I, I can start uh, editing my shit right now. I can start shredding old paperwork. I can just, <laughs> and getting it to the point where like we put some good artwork in storage here and then everything else goes. I, I don't care. He was like, what, what, could you really just pick up and be like a poor person in um, some <laughs> foreign country? I said, honey, if we get to that point, life as we know it no longer exists. And yes, you'd be starting over anyway. So yeah. I was like, yeah, I could be the guy that the baker yells at because my yeast is fucked up in a small bakery if we're in Provence. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, I, I don't have two dimes to rub together. I don't have two dimes to rub together in fucking New York City. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I told John. I was like, I could be poor in Costa del Sol. Yeah. Like, absolutely. I can live in a $900 a month apartment, which actually in Spain is not terrible. Look, yeah. this is Roxy, my dog. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Roxy. I've never um, seen Roxy. Oh, she's a spoiled brat. Yeah, I th- she smells something on. You know, the- there's also a there's also an island, uh, one of the many islands in Greece, where uh, a guy quit his job to start a um, a cast off dog uh, service. And he uh, just has stray dogs everywhere and he takes care of them. And he gave up his, his career to go live on a Greek Island and rehabilitate dogs and then adopt them back out. And I was like, okay, that's also that a sounds dream. fantastic. Like, I what, think Aspen would that's love my wife's that. dream job. Yeah. yeah. We could have cats too. They're everywhere. Absolutely. I mean, sure. <laughs> so, you know, Patrick, you're also a very good cook. Um, yes. Do you, so as far as tacos go, yeah. Do you, what do you feel? What do you think makes the taco? The, the, the innards or the tortilla? 
Uh, oh, you know, it depends on the taco. Mm -hmm. If I'm having a breakfast taco a la El Pato in mm -hmm. South Texas, uh, which I was still, they're still there. They're a breakfast mainstay. And uh, I got them as a kid, mm -hmm. which was 1903. Uh, <laughs> those, that's a pillowy flour tortilla. And that goes great with the refried beans, heavy on the lard. Oh, yeah. The, the egg and the um, potatoes. You know, they do just chunks of potatoes boiled. Right. And then they, then they uh, toss them in butter. <laughs> Yeah, that a bean potato and egg breakfast taco that goes in a flour tortilla uh, for me. Now, if it is a uh, a lunchtime taco, that a corn tortilla is most important to me, especially if it's a pork taco or a chicken, but mostly pork. If it's like a, a, a like a what is al pastor? It's um, is yeah, that the one? It's like Lebanese, El Pastor. It's yeah, like but it's got little bits of, of pineapple, and mm -hmm. then it's got chopped up uh, white onion and um, mm -hmm. cilantro. Yeah. That's a corn tortilla. That's important. Yeah. See, I knew there would be opinions today, Michael. <laughs> There's opinions. There's opinions. <laughs> my so, go-to my go -to is a flour tortilla, always. Yeah. Mine so is it, Yeah. Because I was, that's sort of what I yeah, got when I was young and stuck with me. Okay, so we are not necessarily talking about a specific horror movie this week, but we are talking about how how, how do I even start this horror? We are talking about horror, horror in the yeah. world. Yeah. yeah. Well, then, and if you have, if you if you've gone, if you've done a deep dive into into the podcast, you know that Mike and I sometimes will just be like, "Fuck this administration! We hate yeah. the world!" Whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever. Especially so during. The, the Zoom era of Tara and Tacos has been very just like, fuck all of this. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. we watched a movie or something. Yeah. yeah. Hey, let's talk about this movie. So, okay. So you're in New York. You, yeah. for the most part, have been in your apartment with your husband, Will, for the yeah. past seven months. Yes. Um, you've seen a lot of shit go down personally. Yes. Um. What has that been like and how has that affected the kind of horror yes. movie that you've been watching? Well, uh, it has affected it greatly. I, I have found that the older I get, the less space in my head I have for uh, torture porn. Whereas even 10 years ago, you know, I'd watch Saw... 27 where people were just <laughs> ripped into and guts were shoved down mouths and you know, all that kind of stuff. It was fun because it, it was just, you know, there's one with a laser that blows my mind every time I see it because it slices people. Yeah. You know, like I loved that shit, but the older I get, I don't, I don't bounce back like I used to. Now I can still watch cause I just watched the exorcist a couple of weeks ago. And I, I, see, I watch it about every year, once a year at least, uh, sometimes once every two years. You know, it's a masterpiece. I have also recently seen Omen 1 and 2. I own them because Omen 1 is the best, but Omen 2 is my favorite. And um, I love Omen 2. I was a teenage antichrist, man. Oh, great my <laughs> Lee Grant. Jamie! <laughs> at the end. Oh, God. Um, it 
I love those. And, you know, and then, of course, I love the 80s uh, horror movies. Oh, I just saw um, uh, uh, Wild Boys for the first time in years. It really holds up. Right, Wild Boys? Wild. The one, the, the. The uh, hot teenage vampires. Lost, I am boys. Oh, Lost boys. Lost boys. Wild oh. boys is Duran Duran. Wild boys is Duran Duran. Right, but right, right. also, I would like to play Wild Boys over over Lost. Lost oh, boys. totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part. Oh no, Lost Boys holds up. Oh, Lost Boys. I hadn't seen it in twenty years. It's fantastic. Oh, I love yeah. it. It's so funny. It's gorier than you remember. Yeah. And that kind of gore, I really get into. You know, yeah. vampires blowing up on stereos. Great. Love that stuff. We're like an '80s Jamie Gertz is one of Michael's favorites. Oh Absolutely. yeah, she's great in it. Um, so it's not that I have a problem with blood and guts because I, they're necessary, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about the thing that spurred this conversation with us last week was was how I have really done a deep dive into Amicus and Hammer Horror of the 60s and the early to mid 70s, because for me, that is really hitting a sweet spot in me because that's horror that is like a blanket, a warm blanket for me, because it was horror that I watched as a child on uh, Saturday Creature Feature. Me too. And it's the right amount of blood and the right amount of menace that I can handle personally right now because i mean emotionally something happened today which i'll tell you uh and if if we get to it that you think that you're done with with the irrational fear and the the terror of the world you you think that oh man i've really i have uh i've settled into a groove and I'm good with the pandemic. I know how to do this. And then something can happen and you're, you're crying in a shower having a Karen Silkwood experience as I was about two hours ago. So I'm sorry, uh, I'm not laughing no, at you. It is funny in the retelling because that's how we get through it. <laughs> People like us. <laughs> yes. I just so, bit so, water. water. Um, I'm on uh, bourbon and water. So, you know. Nice. I'm, I'm, I'm medicating today. I think it's, <laughs> it's an interesting point. Like, I think I'm doing a similar thing. Um, I, I know we're, I don't, I honestly have no idea how old you are, Patrick, but I think we're a little different in age. I am 51 years okay. old. You, Patrick you, you, and I are the same age. So, <laughs> so I missed the, I'm, I'm 45, 44. Uh, so right. I, I missed the early seventies. Not that I haven't watched some of that, Yeah. but for me, the like real nostalgia, the warm blanket of horror that you mentioned, like I've just gone back and started rewatching like all of the Halloween movies, oh, all of the Friday so the 13th movies. And I'm not even a huge Friday the 13th fan. I love Halloween. But like those were the movies; those were the horror movies of my youth. Right, um, Elm Street, and and that yeah. has been for the last month or two, even now. That's my go-to, um, and it, I don't know if it's the nostalgia or I'm so familiar with it. I don't know what it is, but it's an interesting point, like you saying you going back to the the Hammer films and stuff from yeah. when you were younger. Um, you know, in the seventies, when I was, uh, six, seven, eight, nine, I was a latchkey kid. And so I spent a lot of time by myself as I think many of us were, mm -hmm. um, 
I spent a lot of time by myself and watching a lot of TV. And on Saturdays, we had a, a show called Boo in South Texas, and it had an amazing opening. And me and a bunch of other sleuths on the web, every about once a year, we get a hair, a wild hair and start searching. It yeah. has not turned up yet, but we have found we have found a station manager's wife in Florida <laughs> who may have on a cassette somewhere the opening to boo. Uh, you know, they took someone out to Mission or Edinburgh and filmed them out in a field with like a black dress on and a veil. And oh my god, then, I love it! Uh, you know, and going up to this scary old house, and then like a hand comes through a a bunch of grass and this, <laughs> you know, and then the, the letters say boo and blood letters. I mean, of course, amazing it. to the, to the tune of Elton John's funeral for a friend <laughs> off of goodbye yellow brick road, <laughs> which, which has like scary organ. So I uh, God, I want to see it so bad, but the movies that they showed were fifties and sixties Hammer and um, AIP and, you know, Roger Corman, uh, all that old crapo stuff, you know, um, they'd show like some Bava that, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Bloody set what uh, Black, Black Sabbath, Sabbath. yeah Black Sabbath Black Sabbath, um, which is what it is one of my favorites. I mean, if yeah. you you can we, people can say it's cheesy or whatever all they want, but it it, it is a masterpiece. Right, it's super important. I haven't it seen it forever. I need to I need to see it again. The, so, yeah, so lots of stuff like that, you know, and uh, some of the things. So that was that was my indoctrination into horror, and then of course. Once they started showing horror movies of the 70s on HBO in the late 70s and the early 80s, I would pretend like I was asleep and sneak down to my uncle's room. He'd already gone off to school and I would watch, you know, The Omen or right. whatever as a, as a nine-year-old and just scare the shit out of myself. Right. We've um, told this story before. Yeah. Uh, 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 all the Friday the 13th, you know, they were on within a year of being released on HBO. I saw them all on HBO, but I feel like I saw Halloween as like, I think we snuck in. I think I feel like I saw it as a kid. Anyway, I saw, I saw a lot of horror movies and loved them, you know, and they still really, really hold up. I watched something like Halloween and there is maybe two drops of blood in that movie. Yeah. I think Three. There are, there are four or five kills in that entire movie. But I mean, and they're not particularly gory. They're At just, all. you know, it's their reveals. You mm-hmm. know, like I'm stuck to a door. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> you know, whatever. I'm laying on a bed with a gravestone. But it's yeah. like the like the imagery also. You know, there PJ Souls sitting in bed and the door opens. Oh yeah. And he's standing there with a sheet over his oh, head and the so sunglasses. Yeah. And, yes. and the, the, you know, it's 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 him. Yeah. And just just the the shot of him standing there not moving. Terrifying. 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 Yeah. And so there's a lot of movies like that where it really it's not jump cuts, it's not scares like that. It's really slow builds. I mean, nothing happens in Halloween for the first 45 minutes. It feels like they just bitch about school and stuff. Right, but we really get to know the cast yeah. and the girls. And so we feel for them when well, everything and, goes yeah. wrong. And this is the thing that we find important is that, you know, I mean, I just recently watched Halloween, the, 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 the new one, right. uh, because John hadn't seen it. 
And right. I had seen it, of course, but John hadn't seen it. And I was like, we should watch this. And there are, there are elements that I do really like about it. I love, I really enjoyed it. I love Lori's journey. Like I like yeah. where Lori is now. It's right. so realistic. Like she is experiencing like PTSD and like the way it would be. Right. But there are other things that I take issue with. And one of those is that we don't get an opportunity to care about the kids. No, we don't get, we don't have an opportunity to care about anybody else right. in that movie. So why are they there? And so when they die, we don't care. Right. You know, well, cause I think that's the thing. The money shot is Lori. Yeah. We got to get to her <laughs> right. and the showdown and this matriarchal uh, trio of, of strong kick-ass women who are going to finally take down uh, Michael Myers. Yeah. I got to tell you, I was really excited about uh, the new Halloween that they filmed last summer. Yeah. Because uh, Halloween Kills, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Because there's two more in this new series. And what I love is that um, Kyle Richards, who is the little girl in... Um, is that the boogeyman in uh, the first one? Yeah. She's a real housewife of Beverly Hills now. She's a Bravo celebrity. Yeah. Because her sister's Kim Richards, who was in all the Disney right. movies. And yeah. she's and coming in, back. She's in it. Yeah. She um, is in it playing her character grown yeah. up. And I oh was like, God. I'm in. Yeah. Yes. And, and yes. Anthony Michael Hall is playing Tommy Doyle, which oh my God. is not the same Kid, no, but obviously. still amazing. Yeah. But still amazing. Yeah. No, so I am, yeah. I'm excited. I'm sad it's delayed. I mean, it's, but it's pushed indefinitely. So yeah. who knows, you know. It's um, funny because I've like you. So you, um, I watch the Hammer movies all the time and the Amicus. My, my cat's yelling at me. All those. <laughs> That's okay. Those. And you're right. It's like I hadn't quite heard it described that way, but it, you're so right, Patrick. It's like this war, the warm blanket right. of horror that makes me feel like, oh, Everything is okay with the world. In, in Laredo, we had screaming memes. Oh wow! It was like the screaming memes, right? And that was the, the Saturday afternoon double feature. Um, and but I'm also like right now super enjoying uh, like the made for TV seventies. Totally, horror, yeah. You know where they just I well they don't do it anymore because everybody watches Netflix. It's made for Netflix or it's made for Hulu right. or it's made right. for Prime or whatever. But Back in our day, yeah. um, <clears throat> there were all these really great horror movies that were made specifically for TV, and right. I've I've been doing a deep dive into that, and I super love them. And you know, Netflix still sends you discs in the mail. Like I they had can no send, idea. Yeah, they still do that service. I had no idea until That's I got crazy. a message from them last week, and they were like, "Hey, you still have a DVD out? Do you want to send it?" And I was <laughs> like, like, "I was like, I do. Like, what?" And I just <laughs> reported it lost, and I was like, "Sorry, it's lost." Yeah, and they don't care because they have bajillions of dollars. Sure. They're like, "Do you want the you want the movie in your queue? You want the next movie in your queue?" And I was like, "What is it?" So I went to see what my next movie in my queue was. And I wonder if you remember this, Patrick. This is like it's, time travel. Yes. It's, <laughs> and I have not been able to find this movie streaming anywhere. So when I found out it was available, The Other. Oh, my God. I almost was going to say, is it The Other? Yeah. <laughs> From 1972. I have been thinking about The Other so much because it has one of the best re- 
reveals not the not the reveal of yeah don't say it i'm not <laughs> but when they find a thing that they've been looking for <laughs> it is i know hor- i saw it as a child it's I know. horrifying i did too and then i remember when you were still living in dallas i think we watched it together one time and we had forgotten yeah. or something oh, yeah. we're like oh, oh yeah. my god yeah oh yeah and then for the longest time you just couldn't find it and so Netflix, I don't know, because I guess computers listen to us now and they, yes, they, they knew what I was watching. They were like, do you want the other? I'm yeah. like, yes. Yes, I do, Netflix. Please send yeah. it to me. John Ritter's in it. He's great. Yeah, he's I'm great. Ax- I am absolutely shocked that they're still doing this. They do. And it's not called Netflix. It's called, I mean, it's through Netflix. Right. The service is now called DVD.com. Okay. Mm. Um. Crazy. All right. I can't believe that. I that well, you and I are funny that way too. That sometimes we're thinking about the same stuff. Uh-huh. Um, it's the true. other the other has really been on my mind a lot this week because it's been it's probably been about four or five years because it was on YouTube for a while. And I remember watching it when I was working at the Rockettes because I could do handwork and still kind of watch, listen to movies because right. uh, we had really great Wi-Fi. And I watched the other on YouTube and uh, just to remember. And I was like, wow, that's really good. Um, but it's been on my mind because it's been a while. So when you said, I got a DVD, I was like, she's going to tell me it's the other. I knew it. That's, that's so weird. That's so weird. I do that typical. too. I, yeah. I often, uh, I'm, I'm the person, I mean, of course, I will listen to music in the background and stuff. But a lot of times it's, again, when I'm feeling terrible about the fucking shit storm that we live in. Yes. It's that warm blanket of yeah. a, a, a movie that I loved as a kid that I will have on in the background right. just to whatever I'm doing. And it immediately takes me back to that place of like, Oh, or sometimes I'll wake up and it's like, Oh, it's kind of rainy and it's kind of like foggy. I think I want to watch Rosemary's baby or, you know, right. something, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. Well, what, what I was going to say to you was when you and I started talking about Hammer movies and, and you know, movies from the 60s and 70s, uh, creature features, I was, I was trying to figure out, like, is it just that it's like childhood stuff? Is it, uh, because like, I want scares, but I want scares that I can control Mm-hmm. And and that aren't going to uh, warp me in some way. There's some. There are some movies that are so over the top violent now that I can't. Like I'll start them and then I'll be like, no. Nope. Like there's one. I can't even remember the name of it. It's like it's a killer clown one. It came Terrifier. out. Terrifier. 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 Yeah. I tried and I got halfway through and the violence was so depraved that I just. And remember, these are, I love an Argento movie. I yeah. love a Fulci movie. Uh, you know, in, in uh, City of the Living Dead or City of the Dead, when, when she starts uh, barfing up intestines, I'm there. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm there for Italian horror. Uh, I'm there for Cronenberg body horror. I love yeah. it. But something about the last 10 years of, of gore and violence in movies, it's, there, it's a cruelty to the audience that I don't 
I don't enjoy any. And I, you know? I think that's become the point. I saw there's an old, it's an older quote that I was watching the document. There's a horror documentary that I talk about a lot on here called um, uh, The American Nightmare. Mm. And um, it's mainly about all the 70s and 80s directors like Romero, Cronenberg, Carpenter, Craven, those guys. Right. Um, but they interview John Landis. And John Landis talks about the difference between watching a horror movie in which you trust the director uh-huh. versus watching a horror movie that you don't trust the director. Right. And like, to me, that makes a lot of sense because as fucked up as some of the shit Argento will do, right. he's still a master. Right. Like he's a master of the craft. Um, Craven and those guys, I think, kind of became that. I think some of their earlier shit is like, crazy but yeah i don't there are certain movies and i'm not saying this makes them bad movies but like with terrifier it's just not stuff i want to watch right now like i don't trust that i am in the hands of someone who gives a shit about their audience do you think because you know you both know my daughter and my daughter is she was born in what 95 so does that make that makes her a millennial i guess at the end the the end of the millennials um But, you know, she, her and Dante both grew up, you know, with beginning with 9-11 and every horror that has. And you can arguably say that we grew up through horrors, too. Right. But they're part of this generation. And Isa also loves horror. And she she's like, you need to watch Terrifier. You need to watch Terrifier. Mm. She, she really liked, um, for some reason she likes, Oh my God, what's that one with the doctor centipede? Oh like, yeah. Human centipede. Human centipede. Yeah. Human centipede. I mean, like the, the, she, she likes some of that stuff that I cannot right. sit through. And I'm like you, Patrick, like I will, I'm there for, for Argento, for Fulci. I'm there for all of that, for Cronin. Same thing. I love it. Mm-hmm. But there's there's something about and is it generational? Are we just getting older, yeah. or is it like I don't know? Like we still want scares, and yeah. we still want we need blood and guts and gore. We need that. But there's something about Michael. I'm I'm with you in that. There comes a point in a movie if if I stop trusting the director that he either knows what he's doing or where he's going, or if it starts becoming readily apparent to me that the director just wants to make me ill. Yeah. It has to be done. And if it's saying something, I'm going to say something controversial. If it's, if it is meant to make me ill and it is saying something about a a culture or uh, the way a culture treats people like, I'm going to say Serbian film. If, mm-hmm. uh, if you've never seen Serbian film, you don't come away unscathed. Right. But as awful as it can be, and it gets awful, and the last scene is awful. But I understand that it's about a people that are pushed to depravity by wars and corruption. And, you know, yeah. the, the director is taking me on a disgusting journey, but... There's a purpose I, behind it. I get it. I get, I yeah. see you were, you were trying to shock me and that's, I get it. However, then you can see the green flame and uh, isn't that the, isn't that the, the cannibal Eli Roth's cannibal one? Um, uh, isn't it green flame or green, green, uh, green, 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 fi- green fire. 
Green, I can't remember. Now, no, anyway, now it's making me crazy. You know, a bunch of a bunch of attractive people go down to the Amazon, and horror befalls them at the hands of Green Inferno. Green Inferno, yeah. right? Boy, that's the other thing about pushing past fifty. Like you, you know what you're talking about, but you have no idea what anything's called. Right? It's just like when my grandmother used to call me my uncle's name. It's like I get it, lady, but. I think I think this is I think this is a really good point because I've never I'll be honest with you I've never been brave enough to see Serbian film because for that reason yeah. but I will say that we did watch uh, Mexico Mexico Bravo yeah and we watched it for this show and and uh, you should watch it it's an anthology but right. it it pushes the limit it pushes the boundary in much the same way like there are parts of that movie that are just full of holy shit horror yeah mm -hmm. horror. straight up horror and then one that's kind of funny but also you're like oh my god i cannot believe they fucking, what am i watching yeah. what right. am i watching they went there right but this is also you know and then they and then they end it with a little story that kind of like sums up everything that you've seen in the, in the anthology right. and you go, Oh, these are young Mexican directors who are telling me a story about right. how it is about their, about that culture and about right. some of the horrific things that happen in their country. And it is being told through their voice. And right? that, that makes sense to me. And yeah. I get it. And now I'm interested. Right. Yeah. Um, but but if, when it but when it's someone slick, yeah, and I think that I mean Eli, to me, yeah. to me, Eli Roth is the He's symbol slick. of that. I mean, this yeah. is, but I, you know, I, I can the, I'm the nicest guy in the world. But I mean, this is a, a rich kid who knows how to yeah. make movies, and often for his movies, like cruelty just seems to be the point. Yeah, like, but see, cruelty. I can love something like the the concept of hostile is terrifying to me. Sure, Ter that is a true life scare for me. Not that I'm going to go to, you know, somewhere and be kidnapped because nobody wants me. But you know what I mean? <laughs> but in our youth. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. But like, you know, that would be, you know, if I was a 20-year-old and I was backpacking across some land and, and, and somebody had their eye on me to take my identity and do whatever it is they do to people in Hostel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I can see something like Hostel 2, which I which was glorious because I had never seen the women who were usually victimized. really victimized. Yeah. And they're, they, I mean, Heather Matarazzo, she gets victimized. But once they get the upper hand and take their bloody revenge, you know, it's like I spit on your grave. Right. Or it, it's like, I love that. Yeah. Last house on the left. It's like, I love it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's, let's see that go down. But Green Inferno was, and I knew that he was paying homage to, you know, uh, cannibal uh, Holocaust and all those, but I just, it was, oh my God, it was too much. It was too much. And so many movies are too much for me now. So uh, to rein it in, because I've cast a really large net, <laughs> um, the, you and I, no, you guys were talking about folk horror. Um on one of your episodes I just heard last week. We often talk about Midsummer a lot. Okay. Yeah, but we also talk about folk horror a lot because I think it's one of our both, both, both are one of our favorite genres. Well, I just, I just re-saw Midsummer a couple of weeks ago. Ugh, brilliant. 
it scares the shit out of me. And, and it also, it also touches that part of me that loves a seventies ending where you just don't know if your hero's going to make it through yeah. or you just don't know if your if your if your lead person is a, is a reliable, good person <laughs> or is going to, is going to choose the right thing. What, what you think is the right thing, you know? Right. So I love, I love those endings. Midsummer. And, and that is so much a part of the, the, the seventies folk horror. Well, like, going, going back, I trust the Midsummer director, which I'm going to ask you another question here in a second. Okay. But I trust that hereditary. Go it ahead. is. I trust the Midsummer director because on second watch, I started seeing all the breadcrumbs. And as soon yeah. as you start leaving me breadcrumbs and I start picking up on them, I'm like, you know what you're doing. I, I see it. Yeah. There is a, there's a part, there is a visual thing that he does where he has put subliminal stuff through the entire movie that once I saw the thing I saw, I couldn't unsee it. There is an overlay of the opening scene Mm -hmm. with the sister. Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. a shot of her in what happens. Right. Later in the film, they overlay that. He overlays that over a forest of trees. So if you're looking, you can see her shape, and the the pipe in the trees above a parade that's happening at the bottom of the screen. And I just was like, what? No, <laughs> this, this is outer stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think he's brilliant. Yeah. I really do. And I think that part of the reason, because I was just I just had lunch with a friend of mine, Reagan Adair, who um also, yeah. yeah, he loves all of this. And, and we were talking about Midsummer, and we were talking about Hereditary. <laughs> and Reagan feels that the reason that Mike and I responded so viscerally to Hereditary in a negative way was yeah. because of that interview, because we saw it at Alamo. And mm-hmm. Alamo Drafthouse does that like before stuff, all the before stuff. Mm-hmm. And there was an interview with Ari Aster, and he, he talks so smugly and so glibly about kind of like, oh, The Shining is ha, ha, ha. Works as a this. comedy. Yeah. And ha, oh, yeah. He yeah. was like, yeah. to me, The Shining is a comedy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I and my, like Michael and I turned to look at each other. And I think in that moment, I was yeah. like, I hate you. Yeah. Right. I, I will also, and I think Reagan probably is partially right. I will also argue, and I will say this out loud, and I say this meaning speaking Midsummer is actually absolutely brilliant. I think act three of hereditary is absolute fucking garbage. Mm. And I think the screenplay of act three is probably just the scribbles of a small child. Um, Mm. I think script wise hereditary falls apart. Whereas I think script wise midsummer act three is absolutely cathartic Mm -hmm. and incredible. Yeah. Right. I will, I will I, fight hereditary till the day I, I respectfully die. disagree. <laughs> but it's been it's been a year since I last saw hereditary. All I can remember about hereditary is that act three was so bananas that I thought this isn't the movie I thought I was going into. <laughs> and that's why I think I was so excited to see who's in the attic or <laughs> who's on the wall or what the fuck is happening? Right. Who's floating outside in the little tree house? Right. Like what? I, I was just like, 
Who's yeah, the- well, but see, that's the thing for me. <laughs> I think for both of us, we were there going like, wait a minute, how? Like, who is that? It looks beautiful. Right. Like, that shot of her floating into the treehouse is absolutely a gorgeous shot. Yeah. But it had nothing to do. Like, I right. don't know. It was disconnected to me for some reason maybe, from what had happened before. Maybe the genius of it is that we're all right. Like, right. obviously, we talk about hereditary so often. So, it clearly has had an effect on well, me. I do, I do have to say, I watched it recently. And there is that, the, the, I wanted to see it just through, the, through Tony Collette's POV. Mm-hmm. Who I will, I will watch anything she says. She's oh, yeah. And, she is, and she's incredible in this movie. Yes. You know, and I wanted to watch it from her POV and kind of like, oh, forget everything. Forget what's happening with a mom. Forget what's happening with the children. I just want to see, pay attention to her arc. Right. And as far as her arc goes, there is, a, there, there is one scene that is absolutely fucking brilliant. And it's the one where she decides to go and see, I don't even know. I don't even know if she's decided to go to therapy or That's to go to that. Scene. Yeah, but she's sitting there in the therapy group in circle. Mm-hmm. Right. And she's talking about her, her family, basically. And, but she only gives us little bits of information, little bits of information. And then the scene, I mean, she goes, yeah. I had a brother and the scene just like <laughs> abruptly ends. Right. And I was like, Oh my God. And in that moment I had a fucking epiphany about the relationship between her mother and her and why it's horrifying to her. Right. The things that they don't talk about, the things that were never revealed. Right. Right. And so for me, that was but it took me like the second time to watch it because the first time I watched it, I was with Michael. I was just like, I don't know what's going on. It's pretty, but right. and, and out. I watch her in anything too. Oh yeah. The acting's yeah. I mean, the acting's great. Debate hereditary forever and ever. I, I yeah. I mean, well, for the party me, with the cake, I can never accept. I will never accept it. I'll, I'll never accept the party with the cake. For me, <laughs> the drive home from the teenage party. The 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 drive home where uh, the the younger sister, where things happen. Yes, things happen. That for me was so shocking that I I I signed on. I was like, I haven't seen that before, and I certainly wasn't. I certainly didn't expect it uh, from this uh, very sympathetic, beyond sympathetic character yeah like where that film started right um yeah because the shocks for me came in the first 15 minutes so i just signed on yeah i mean uh, yeah the dude i i'm really i just want to see what his next one is like oh uh, yeah me too oh yeah he's what is it it's called like north something and bjork is in it and it's about icelandic witches oh boy yes oh no wait no that's not that's not that's not ari aster that's uh robert eggers the witch oh wow but Midsummer is incredible. Um, so I have one. I had one more question, Patrick, along okay. the lines of things. So we've talked about we're maybe we're just getting older. Yeah, the world is garbage. Yeah. Okay. Have you? Because you are a multi-talented artist in your own right. Thank have you. Have you found like during this that your attention span has changed? Absolutely, and hey. that's that's why. That you have you have opened the door. This is a brilliant seg <laughs> because I took specific notes 
because when Christy and I were talking about what are some of the things that I had watched this summer, I went through my Will, my current husband, Will's uh, current. <laughs> um, Amazon Prime queue, because Amazon Prime is lousy with 60s horror movies, grindhouse classics, so many. So and, many. And free. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and then they recommend things that are also equally awful and amazing, you know. <laughs> uh, and then I went through mine and I just made a list. It's that list that I sent you when mm-hmm. I texted or you messenger. Sent it to me. I don't yeah. remember. And when I was making it, I was like, I couldn't tell you what any of these were about. I don't remember. I just saw them four or five months ago. They all have the same kind of title, you know, Blood of Terror Castle or, you know, <laughs> Crypt, of, Crypt of Screaming Bats or, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, they're all the same movie, basically. And, and uh, lots of really great hairstyles and clothing. And, you know, if you're lucky, it's a period set one. So you get to be some see some pushed up boobs and big wigs. And, you know, like, I, I love it. I love that stuff. You were talking about, um, oh, I really just want to see, oh, it's gloomy outside. When it's gloomy, I want to watch a Hammer Horror movie. Yeah, or me too. that has a, uh, a graveyard set lit with blue and green lights <laughs> with fog and uh, gray everything. That's what I want to see. That's the movie I wish to see. And if someone kind of slowly floats through it and there's organ music, that's exactly the movie I want to see. So that being said, in going through my list, I started noticing that um, this goes to what you were talking about, Mike. I actually have a point here. That I do have less of an attention span. And so the movies that have really, really made me happy and you know, on a Saturday and it's something really great to watch for me because I can watch it in two hours are those amicus movies that are anthology movies or uh, portmanteau movies or Mm. omnibus movies, whatever they're called. And uh, because it's like great British stars slumming it, there's a framing device, you know, I mean, they're the creep show of 1967 or 1972. And in the early 70s, they were so popular. And, uh, you know, Amicus would borrow Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee from Hammer. And uh, they were in a lot of them. But then people like Joan Collins, mm-hmm. you know, or Britt Eklund or Charlotte Rampling before huge success or uh, uh, Glynis Johns, Terry Thomas. I mean, uh, all of these people. These great British stars. Right. Ralph Richardson plays the Crypt Keeper, for God's sake. Yeah. You know, so it's like uh, Denim Elliott, who I adore. You know, it's like all these great British character actors. Um, and Herbert Lom is in all of them, practically. Uh, he, uh, th- they slum it for this movie, but they're also, while they're tacky, they're also pretty harmless. They're not as gory. I mean, as we get into the 70s, they get a lot gorier. And that's one thing. It, when you start seeing the last gasps of like Hammer movies in 75, 76, where you've got full frontal naked 15-year-old Natasha Kinski and, you know, in To the Devil a Daughter. Oh, I love that movie, though. I you know, do- it's like, yeah. and, and uh, Honor Blackman with a, with a metal comb stuck in her neck. I mean, you know, they're really starting to get, give the people what they want. Exorcist had come out, Omen had come out, you right. know. So they're really starting to amp it up and then they they're they're gone by 77 78 you know uh as kind of an entity but i've been watching those anthology movies because there's like four stories five stories they're they're 20 minutes long 25 minutes long you have a beginning middle and end 
Sometimes yeah. they tie into some other ones or they tie into the, the framing device because the framing device is always like, we're five people in an elevator. The <laughs> elevator's going down. It opens up into a crypt. Now here's a crypt keeper. You know, it's like that sort of thing where yeah. you're all. There's uh, one cat. There's a cat. I'm afraid of this cat. And right. the cat goes from like story to story. <laughs> exactly. And exactly. E- the cat does something to everybody. Right. Yeah. Right. There's one, I think it's, it might be the uncanny with Peter Cushing. It's all cat. It's all cat. Ones. Yeah. That's the one that I just saw. Um, yeah. It's, it's uh, amazing. But anyway, those are the movies that I've been watching because as a kid, I remember seeing indelibly imprinted in my head. My uncle had a lot of famous monsters magazines. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is before Fangoria, but you know, he had famous monsters and they had the cover of um, the house that dripped blood, oh, which is it, which is sexy naked lady with sexy hair with a skull face, right? Holding a silver platter with Peter Cushing's hat on it. Right. <laughs> I'm telling right you, as by, a, right by her privates. Right in front of her tits. And it's like, like, God, when I was a kid, those images scared the shit out of me. But and so, also, but we're also compelling. Oh, totally. Like scary, but also like, what is that about? Why am I feeling this? I remember right. I saw House That Drip Blood as a double feature at the Aztec Theater mm-hmm. in Laredo, Texas. Double feature with Beyond the Door, which is oh, terrible. Yeah. Beyond the Door is yeah. awful. I think I've seen Beyond the Door. Yeah. It's awful. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All those movies. And, and, you know, when I was seeing them as a kid, they were, some were 10 years old. I mean, I had never mm-hmm. seen, the first one I believe is Dr. Terror's House of Horrors. I think it's, think. Um, that's like from the mid 60s. And uh, um, Donald Sutherland is in that. Uh, he's like, we need some American money. Get that young kid over here. But uh, um, I hadn't seen any of those. I saw those as an adult. But I do remember seeing House of Drip Blood, Tales from the Crypt, um, Beyond the Grave, Asylum. Asylum is amazing. Asylum is great. Asylum is the one that has uh, Charlotte Rampling and Britt Eklund in it. But it also has uh, the one uh, Barbara Parkins of Valley of the Dolls. Right. Right. Uh, they can cons- in that in that asylum anyway. They conspire to chop up this man's wife, and they wrap all the pieces individually, and they all come to life and crawl towards her. In I the have basement. seen this. Oh, <laughs> it, it just it, it is horror orgasm. It makes me so happy. I know the one that I just recently saw, and I know that you just saw it too. Is and now the screaming starts. Oh, and now the screaming starts is. It's amazing because there's a lot of screaming in it. There's a lot of screaming in it. I loved it so much. And that, like that first, there's that first jump scare that happens, yes. you know, when she goes to the house and she's just married and this is like right. lots of tits, big sausage curls. Right. And she's, she's now become the lady of the manor and they're walking through and she sees the painting of the old father and she's compelled. And then suddenly a hand, a fucking hand punches through the painting. A bloody hand. A bloody through. hand. Yeah. So good, like big cheap movie horror. Will shrieked when that oh. happened. Like you, <laughs> ah! <laughs> I just I don't know what it. I, I maybe it is just nostalgia or like this comfort. I think yeah. that has to be part of it. I mean, I you know even in terms of like 
not that I've ever been like the healthiest eater. I'm not pretending that, but like I've eaten stuff that I have during this that I haven't eaten in fucking years. I'm going to have bags of Doritos and Oreos in my house. Like that was, I haven't done that shit since I was a teenager. And I'm just like, fuck it. I want Doritos right now. Tater tots are no longer a treat in this house. They are just a, (laughs) they're a staple. Yeah. I, like no. I made I made sloppy joes and tater tots and fries one night. Like <laughs> I just <laughs> you know what I mean? Like crazy. Yeah. And yeah. so I, it, it, I think there is just this this need for comfort and for us it's either the 60s or 70s or 80s stuff that we grew up on. I'm sure for younger people it's I don't know stuff from the 90s or the early 2000s or whatever, but yeah. I just feel like they're the mani- normalcy. They're manageable scares. And and, and, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, the hand coming through the painting. That is as old as the, the hills. You know? <laughs> That's such a thing. A hand coming out of something and you're not expecting it. And yet it really works if your mind is ready for that level of scare. If your mind is not ready for the level of someone, you know, ripping off someone's head in a, in a, in a, a, a new movie and, you know, pulling out guts and all that if your mind can't handle that, your mind can handle a 1972 somewhat moralistic uh, little Grimm's fairy tale in an anthology movie made by Amicus. You might see a little bit of boob in it, a <laughs> little bit of blood. They're, they're rarely like super gory. Um, and the ones that we saw were actually, they're all rated R, but the ones that we saw, of course, had been heavily edited for Saturday yeah. TV. The rated R ones, if you see the original, um, oh, what's the one where the, is it Tales from the Crypt? It's, um, let me see, I made a note because I wanted to bring it up because it's a classic. Oh, Vault of Horror. Vault of Horror from 1973 is the one where where a guy wants to, I'm just going to spoil it for you, but a, a, a guy wants to find his sister because he needs to make sure that she is dead so that he can inherit the family money. Right. Of course. Like you do. Everyone thinks that, that and you know, it's modern times. And, and everyone thinks that she's dead, but he discovers she's not dead. So he goes to this little town and, uh, eats at a restaurant and uh, at the, at the restaurant, um, everyone's like, you better get all, get out of here before uh, the sun goes down. Nobody hangs out here after the sun goes down. And he's like, fine, I'll do it. He goes over to her place. He, <laughs> he, 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 you know, she's like, Oh, you found me. And he's like, yes. And then of course he kills her. And uh, uh, then he's like, Oh, I'm kind of hungry. So he goes back to the restaurant and when he goes in, it's pitch dark all the curtains are drawn and everything he's being served is like bloody. And he's like, Oh, how strange, you know, I'm drinking blood soup or, you know, whatever. I thought it was tomato, tomato juice. And it's, you know, disgusting blood. They all think he's a vampire because it turns out he's in vampire town. (laughs) And at one point, the sister shows up. She's like, well, hello. And he's like, well, I thought you were dead. None of us are dead. And then they, they, they stick him upside down and they stick a spigot in his neck. Oh my God. And they go with wine glasses and they fill up the wine glass. I have really ruined a really fun thing, but if you can find it, you may not find it because it's the British version only has these kinds of scares in them. Right. They're still, They're very mild. But I got to tell you, seeing that blood come out of the spigot into the into the the wine glass—it's just comforting. Yeah, it, it makes you feel so 
it's it's like an ookie that is okay. You know, you're like, I can handle that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, I could even handle Dawn of the Dead, the the Romero one. And sure. I have been watching, I've been watching some Romero. Uh, I love Martin. I love Martin so much. If you have you all ever seen it? I don't think so. No. Oh God. It's 75 or 76. It's just before Dawn of the Dead. Um, post season of the witch, post the crazies and um, the original, which is real good. And it's about a kid in Pittsburgh because everything's about Pittsburgh with Romero. Right. It's about a kid in Pittsburgh who is convinced that he's a vampire. And so he, the, the, the basis of the movie is him trying to work up the nerve to do his first kill. And I'm not giving anything away there. That's just, you know, that within the first, you know, 10, 15 minutes that, that this kid is a disturbed kid who lives with his grandfather and it's got a great twist ending. Uh, but it's, it's scary, but it's a real manageable. I really recommend you all see it. It's okay. called, it's called Martin George Romero. Um, he's a lot of stuff like that where you're yeah. just like, it's not as well known, you know, those are scares that I really enjoy because to get back to the earlier point, March, April, May here in New York, we're awful. March and April, I haven't, I haven't been that, I don't think I've been that scared in my life, you know? And it was unrelenting. And when, when we started knowing people our age that died, and then like lots of people our age that just got so sick and disappeared and then showed up two weeks later, I've been in the hospital. Oh, now I got to go back. You know, my lung failed. It was just like, it was horrifying. And it was during that time and it was sustained. It just felt like it would never end. And we, you, you went to sleep to the sound of um, sirens. So you were always just uh, all the time, but you're home. So you have to watch stuff. So we would binge like, you know, great British baking show and what, you know, things that are real wholesome and all that, but the reality of our life and being stuck in the house, because in March and April, we still just didn't know enough to know that, you know, you're okay. If you want to leave the house and put your mask on, you can go to the grocery store and just tell people to stay the fuck away. You know, it'd be okay. Those first six weeks, we didn't know what was going on. So you were trapped and you were worried and it did it, it was claustrophobic and you know uh, people really started to understand do i love my spouse do i love my you know because you just never we love each other by the way i want to i want to <laughs> make that clear um we've done really well together actually um but i know people that that haven't mm-hmm. so it was just a fucked up time where everyone was just taking a look at themselves through this this fractured terror prism you know mm-hmm. so you you, you said and did stupid shit and it, it was just, it was weird. So we started watching a lot of TCM and lately I'm watching a ton of 1940s and 50s musicals, just the stupider, the better, or, you know, I mean, something like Summerstock is amazing, you know, or uh, meet me in St. Louis, mm-hmm. you know, just frothy, gooey, stupid, technicolor fun. Those are the movies that are really appealing to me. And then on Saturdays and Sundays, we watch a, you know, an old horror movie, but when the horror outside or what you perceive as the horror, let's say, because you don't know, we didn't have, nobody was telling us shit. I mean, our governor was, which was great. Our governor was telling the country when our president was not, 
Mm -hmm. um, telling the country, this is what's going on and this is what you should do. So that was a comfort. But there was so much up in the air of what are we doing? What are, and oh, we know people that are dead. And oh, all my loved ones are in Texas and nobody cares there. Oh, what are we going to do? How am I going to bury my mother if I have to? Eh, you know, it was nonstop. So the only blood and guts I could handle was Hammer movies and Amicus horror movies or that stuff. It, it was, um, you know, we went, we went back and watched all of Mary Tyler Moore. We went back and watched uh, Carol Burnett. Like we watched 70s comfort stuff. And for me, 70s comfort, finally, I'm bringing this back around. The snake is eating its tail was movies I saw on Boo as a kid. So that's what we've been doing. That's what uh, it's a, it's a Saturday tradition. And now that the weather is changing here and it's getting a little bit cooler and some days it's kind of rainy. Oh man, that's the best to put, you know, to put on twins of evil, which yeah. do you remember? Do you remember when I, I, um, uh, I sent you that text. I was just like, Oh my God, twins of evil. Twins of evil is the best. Okay, So Michael twins of evil it's another, it's a, it's a hammer horror movie. It's historic. So uh, it's, you know, women in corsets. It's about two twins. And in real life, they were playboy playmates Excellent. and they have, Amen. they have enormous tits and they they're gorgeous. Enormous. Tits. enormous. Those are the twins of evil. Those tits. <laughs> so, but there's, I mean, it's like, you're thinking it's like, Oh, 60, 70s. How bad can it be? There's like, there's like, Nudity, nudity, yeah. and incest, and There's, like all oh, this, yeah. a weird, all this weird shit happening. Which I, I was gonna. So we're running a little bit over time, but oh, sorry. That, no, that's fine. I, I just want to bring this up that in the new movies, like the movies from right now that come out that are super, 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 super gory. Yeah, you see, you see nary a boob. Like that's oh, no. You see one thing that's kind of like <laughs> that. That like you don't even get that. Yeah. So, but in the seventies, you did. You got blood and boobs. Oh, you got bush. Yeah, you, you got frequently got full on disco bush. And as a kid, you're like, wow, blood yeah, and nudity. Oh yeah. Oh, Crazy. yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody needs to go watch Hammer movies and Amicus movies. And also, yeah. we're interested in what you've been watching that brings you comfort during this crazy time. Yeah. So go to our Facebook page. Especially if you're younger than us, which most of you are. Yes. Go, go, uh, Go post what your favorite stuff has been to watch on 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 the Facebook page. Uh, Patrick, thank you so much. Did I talk too much? I no, like man. Too much. It was great. It was great seeing you and hearing. Okay. And, and honestly, like when we talked about it, uh, I mean, you all were like you all were dealing with this. Like you said, when half the rest of the country fucking acted like it was nothing, um, and so. Yeah, I mean, we wanted to just hear like from only you. because I had heard you all talk about stuff. I was like, I could probably talk about it because the point was that was the basis for this watching. Right, I knew that I had to touch on it, and I tried not to marinate in it. No, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's important, man. It's important, like, absolutely important. It's um, important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Live places where. You know, you don't have to walk anywhere. You don't, you you know, oh. I could go an entire day without running into anyone. And that's not the case up there. And it's a different fucking thing. And people need uh, to know. <laughs> so that I solved the mystery, I got sneezed on today. And uh, by someone without a mask on. So uh, that was, that was my morning. And that was an hour and a half before I got on with you guys. However, um, 
I'm probably, I feel okay. I went through the checklist of where, how was I angled? How far away was he? Blah, 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 blah. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be okay. But it goes back to what we were talking about. Like you can manage your horror that you're watching, but real life horror, it's just like a hand coming out of a painting. Getting (laughs) sneezed on today. I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) Yeah. But I have signed on to this horror movie, so I'm going to see it play out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And with that, thank you for being here. It was fun. I love y'all's show. It's good to see you, Patrick. It's good to see you face-to-face. Thank you, Jim John, for our theme music. And, Michael, do you have any idea what we're going to talk about next time? I have no idea. Nah. (laughs) We'll figure it out. All right, everybody. Thank you. Bye. 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 Guys, bye.